You're listening to the Kirk and Tillich Herald, a Cune Review recording service podcast, brought to you by our team of volunteers currently recording from their homes across Scotland. Whether you're listening via the BWBF online players, the telephone app, or our brand new Alexa skill, please phone us on 0141 772 3976 to feedback on what you want us to provide and improve upon. Please also join your family and friends in being our audio ambassadors and share our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram all at QNReview. That's at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. From the Bishop Briggs Kirkintolic Herald, recorded on the 9th of February 2022. Tribute to Alice MBE. Tribute by Margaret Tomlinson, and you can contact her via the Kirky Herald at jnscotland.co.uk. Alice A. Mackenzie, the first woman to become head librarian of Eastern Bartonshire and a well known and much loved member of the local community, sadly passed away recently, aged 93. A true humanitarian to the end, one of Alice's last projects was providing Christmas gifts for local families. Born in Glasgow, Alice, a founder member of the Kirkintullis Optimus, attended Carnwardrick Primary School, Shawlands Academy, and studied librarianship at Glasgow University. In her career as a librarian, Alice worked in the Glasgow Herald and became head librarian in Paisley, Strathkelvin and Eastern Bartonshire. She was the first woman to hold these latter positions. Alice then introduced many innovations, including local history classes, recitals, Strathkelvin Arts Association, a mobile library and the talking newspaper, where volunteers recorded the Kirkintullic Herald for the visually impaired. In 1987, Alice became president of the Scottish Libraries Association. As a tribute to her outstanding achievements, a shelf is dedicated to her in Glasgow Women's Library. Alice was a founder member of Kirkintullisar Optimus, which was chartered in 1974. The club supports women locally and internationally. In 1989, after the Romanian Revolution, the club raised funds to support orphan children. Alice visited orphanages, taking clothes and books. Over the years, Alice fostered five young people who adopted her as their Scottish granny. These relationships continued happily into the next generation, all of whom visited Alice regularly. In 2016, Kirkintullis Optimus became involved with Syrian families recently accommodated in Eastern Bartonshire. Alice was a founder member of the association Jasmine and Thistle formed to foster friendships between Scottish and Syrian families. She supported her mother to complete her studies as a psychologist and encouraged her children in their educational progress. Alice was also Scottish granny to these children. In 1993, Alice was awarded an MBE from the Queen for her work with Save the Children. Alice was a member of the Kirkintullic branch of Save the Children for many years, serving as chairman, treasurer, press representative and more. She served on the Scottish Committee for Work with Young People in Bishop Briggs Library Group of Young Save the Children, receiving the Princess Anne Award on several occasions. 
In May 2021, in her garden, Alice received the Paul Harris Fellowship Award from Rotary International, the highest award for a non-Rotarian for her outstanding humanitarian work. Alice will also be remembered by many in the guiding movement. A lifelong member of the Girl Guides, she was District Commissioner in Lindsay and Kirkintulloch and organised several camping trips abroad. A faithful member of Lindsay Union Parish Church, Alice served as an elder and Sunday school teacher. She married Andrew Mackenzie at Lindsay Union Church on June 7th, 1973. Andrew, an architect, designed and built their home in Lindsay. They had a very happy life together, gardening, walking their dogs, travelling and adding to their combined collection of porcelain. After Andrew's death in 1987, Alice found her work and good friends a refuge to cope with life on her own. She continued to look after her beautiful garden, which was a venue for numerous charity afternoon teas. Alice's life was truly remarkable, lived in the service and care of others. As in the title of her autobiography, hers was a life well lived. It could not have been put better. And there is a photograph of Alice dressed in white with a rather large white hat receiving her MBE and holding it proudly in her hand. From the Bishop Briggs Kirkintall Herald read on the 9th of February 2022. Book in memory of Callum. A Bishop Briggs woman is one of five young people who have co-authored a book in memory of local boy Callum McLeod, who tragically died from meningitis at the age of just 12. The words of aspiring author Neve McCravey are included in A New Hope, which is an anthology of fiction and poetry giving a voice to young people. Through Callum's legacy in the author's world set up by Callum's parents, Kim and Sinclair, funded the five young people aged 16 to 25 from central Scotland to co-author, publish and print the book. Neve said the aim of this project was to give a voice to local young writers that otherwise would not have the opportunity to pursue this dream. The book launch takes place on Friday, February the 11th at Woodhill Evangelical Church in Bishop Briggs from 7 to 9pm. Callum passed away in 2007 The title of the book comes from Callum's love of Star Wars and also his hope must come from giving young people a voice. The Kirk and Tillock Herald Wednesday, February 9th, 2022 £5 million project kicks off. Work has kicked off the new £5 million Kirk and Tillock Community Sports Complex. This project, led by Eastern Bartonshire Council, is being built on the derelict Brownfield site to the west of Park Burn in the town's Southbank area. As it looks almost certain that historic Kirkintillock Rob Roy Football Club, desperate to return home after leaving Amsley Park seven years ago, will have to fight for their right to run the complex and play their home matches there. The site, due to be completed in September, will include a full-sized artificial 3G sports pitch with flood lighting, a main stand and VIP stand for spectator seating and a pavilion building with changing facilities, cafe space and toilets. There will also be car parking, included electrical car charging points and covered bike stands. The Kirkintill Herald reported in September last year that Rob Roy FC had anticipated being given the option of a 25-year lease to operate the facility, 
using it as a base for the club to develop, but also delivering facilities, sporting and social for the wider community. But the club president told the Herald that the council had decided to undertake a marketing exercise for the operation of the facility, as it had to meet a deadline for the construction contract to avoid further costs. He added, it was not possible to conclude all the legal documentation for a deal with the club before signing the construction contract. This week, the council again made no mention of Rob Roy, saying that, quote, as the facility nears completion, the council will undertake a comprehensive marketing exercise, giving prospective tenants a clearer picture of what is on offer, as well as how it might work for them and integrate into the local community. End quote. The council will also require prospective tenants to commit to the inclusion of community activities. In September, Rob Roy FC manager Stuart Maxwell said, quote, if Rob Roy aren't involved, then it's over for the club. We can't keep playing at Cumbernauld. End quote. Council leaders Vaughn Moody and Andrew Poulsen said the complex would be a first-class addition to the local sporting assets. That is from the Kirk and Tilk Herald on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. The Kirk and Tilk Herald on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Flying the flag in support of LGBT rights. An article by Liz Gallagher. Eastern Bartonshire Council is once again flying the rainbow flag in support of the LGBTI community in Eastern Bartonshire for LGBT History Month. LGBT History Month is celebrated in the UK each year in February. It is an opportunity to focus on the eradication of all prejudice towards LGBTI residents, whether in the form of homophobia, biphobia and transphobia throughout our communities. The Joint Council leaders raised the flag at the South Bank Marina HQ. Joint Council leader Andrew Poulsen said, We are proud to raise the rainbow flag to show our support for the LGBTI community throughout the whole of Eastern Bartonshire. Quote, LGBT History Month provides us with a great opportunity to celebrate LGBTI culture and to explore the many ways in which we can support and learn from each other. We want to send a clear message to all of the LGBTI community that they are valued and no one should experience prejudice or hate for who they are. Joint Council Leader Vaughn Moody added, We are proud of our diverse communities in Eastern Bartonshire and we believe in equal rights and equal treatment for everyone. Quote, By flying the flag in LGBT History Month, we are demonstrating our commitment to eliminating all forms of discrimination and prejudice throughout this area, and it serves as a reminder that everyone has a role to play in making sure there is no discrimination. Local schools are supporting History Month. Bishop Riggs Academy, for example, is hosting activities and themed display boards around the school throughout February. A youth group for LGBTI young people aged 13 to 25 and their friends and allies get together every week in Eastern Bartonshire. Easties meet every Thursday night in Kirkintilloch for workshops, games, movie nights, skill sharing and chats. Email raphael.layman, that's r-a-p-h-a-e-l dot l-e-h-m-a-n-n 
at lgbtyouth.org.uk or call 07912-759-580 to find out more. If you would like to find out further information about LGBT History Month, LGBTI resources or LGBTI related support is available at www.lgbtyouth.org.uk That is from the Kirk and Tilk Herald on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. From the Kirk and Tilk Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022, the death section. Robert Ledford, peacefully at Glasgow Royal Infirmary on January 22nd, 2022. Robert, beloved husband of Gillian, loving dad to Jennifer, Jamie and David, and proud grandpa of Ian, Claire and Alistair. Funeral service to take place on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, at Dildowie Crematorium, Broomhouse, at 11.45am. Family flowers only, please. Matheson Sylvia, peacefully after a long illness at Camps of You Care Home on January 29th, 2022. Beloved wife of the late John, a much-loved mum of Colin, Heather and Maura, an adored gran and great-gran to many. Funeral service will take place on Thursday, February 17th, 2022 at St Mary's Parish Church, Kirkintilloch, for 1pm. Thereafter to Glasgow Crematorium, Mary Hill, for 2.15pm. Special thanks to all staff at Camps of You Care Home and the Turret Medical Centre for their care and support of Sylvia. David S. Montgomery Peacefully after a long illness on January 27, 2022 at Glasgow Royal Infirmary, beloved husband of Irene, a much-loved dad of Jennifer and Heather and adored grandpa of Josh, Jax and Leila. Funeral service will take place on Friday, February 11th, 2022 at Daldau Crematorium for 10am. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if required, to Myel Fibrosis. Blood Cancer UK. Morrison Alexander Sinclair, Milton of Campsie. Peacefully at St Margaret of Scotland Hospital, Clyde Bank, on January 28th, 2022. Beloved husband, dad, Grandad, great granddad, brother and uncle, sadly missed. From the Kirk and Tillich Herald, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022, from the District News Section, Kirk and Tillich, Church of God, the usual Sunday good news service at Regent Hall, Regent Street, remains cancelled for the time being. We are still continuing our Zoom services on Sunday evenings at 6.30pm. The speaker this Sunday will be Chris Sutton. A warm invitation to everyone who is able to join us on Zoom. Access details for the stream can be obtained by emailing hello at regenthall.org. The church continues to support and pray for all our many friends and neighbours in and around Kirkintilloch. We are in regular contact with our Coffee Corner friends and the parents and children from our Queenieburn Kids Club. For up-to-date and further information, visit our website on www.regenthall.org. Jesus said, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew 20 verse 28 St David's Memorial Park Church At St David's Memorial Park Church, 
Our morning service on February the 13th will be at our usual time of 10.30am. During our morning worship, school-aged children will have the opportunity to go through to our halls for their own time of fun and learning with JAM. All are welcome to attend our service. We would ask that you continue to wear a face mask during the service, unless exempt from doing so. We look forward to welcoming you to the church. Going ahead with this new year, we are happy to be starting many of our other services and groups. More information will be given when arrangements are confirmed. St Columbus Church Do join us for our Sunday morning service at 10.30am each week, where we consider to study the Gospel of Luke together. We also have a children and young people's ministry running alongside the service on a Sunday morning, and visitors' children are always welcome. You're also most welcome to join our midweek service at 10am on a Wednesday as we look together at the Book of Acts. We would really be glad to meet you and join us you for tea or coffee or juice after each of these services. If you can't come to a service in person, you can still connect with us by live stream via our website on www.kirkintelecentcolumbus.org.uk or by searching for St Columbus Kirkintelec on YouTube. We also have a full programme of events during the week including Little Fishies, our community carer and toddler group, and the 1st Kirkintilla Boys Brigade. Please see the church website for more details. Reverend Philip Wright, Minister, St Columbus Kirkintilla, Oldale Road, Kirkintilla, G66 3HQ. P. Wright at churchofscotland.org.uk Mobile number 07427 623393. Ken Muir Parish Church. Bruce Keith and Margaret Russell will lead their Sunday morning service beginning at 11am. The service will be live streamed on YouTube and can be found by searching for Ken Muir Bishop Briggs. Details of all our groups that are now running may be found on the website kenmuir-church.co.uk. To find us on Facebook, just search for Kemure Parish Church. If you would like to join our WhatsApp group or receive the Bible studies from ABC, then email us at kemurechurch at icloud.com. Milton of Campsey Church We're back in the building. Seating is one metre apart, so no need to book, but we'll still wear masks. Jigsaw, EPIC and Crossover will meet as usual. Next Sunday we'll be thinking about Jesus' Upside Down Kingdom. Send us an Upside Down photo. Noon Zoom coffee and chat is now at 12.30pm. Contact Julie for the link. And remember, the phone number for the dial-in service which enables you to hear Sunday's service. Just dial 01360-545-345. Taking it further will be at 7pm on Sunday in the Edit Lido. Please come along. Time to play will be back in the building, 7.15pm to 7.55pm on Wednesday. Tickets for the Guild concert on Wednesday, March the 2nd at 7.30pm are now on sale, priced £6. The entertainment will be provided by the Kosyth Harmony Group. Milton of Campsey, SWI. Our meeting on Wednesday, February the 9th at 7.30pm in the Village Hall We'll have Fiona Monroe giving a talk on forensics. 
the competitions have to bring a wedding photo and make a tray bake, four squares. There will be our usual tea, coffee, raffle and quiz. Visitors are always welcome. Home Church, Scotland. What is faith? It is a confident assurance that what we are going, we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. So you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to co- him to come to him must believe that there is a God and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 Home Church has revised times for the Sunday services for 2022 as follows. 9.30am Communion 10am Prayer and Fellowship 11am Worship Service in Kids Church The main service is also online. One Church, Home Church, four locations, Kirkintilloch, North Coast, Northern Ireland, Stornoway and online. A church for all ages. Various study groups for all ages are on Wednesday in the church at 7.30pm. Encounter weekend starts on Friday, February the 25th and is open to all. See Facebook and Instagram for up-to-date information. Colton Wellpack Church. A warm welcome to our morning service this Sunday at 11am, read by Reverend Leslie Grieve. And join us for tea and coffee after the service. The Colton Art Club is open to all aspiring artists every Monday from 10am to 1pm. And a special welcome to any new members. The food bank remains open every Monday and Friday from 2pm to 4pm. And a special thanks to the many who continually contribute to this worthwhile cause. All organisations and groups are are working hard to get back to normal activities as soon as possible. Catch our services on Facebook, Colston Wellpark Parish Church. And if you require further information on our church activities, etc., contact Leslie Grieve on 07813 255052. From the Kirkendall Herald, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022, from the District News section, New Chair at Scottish SPCA. Fiona MacLeod will take up the position at Scotland's Animal Welfare Charity, succeeding current Chair Ronnie Souter when his term of office ends in May. Fiona is currently a non-executive director with Denholm Energy Services. Her previous board roles include Chrysler Yorkshire Bank PLC and Virgin Money PLC. She brings considerable experience in the charity sector, having been a development board member for Pagantic Cancer UK and chair of the Women's Fund for Scotland. Fiona said, I am truly honoured to take up the position of chair of the Scottish SPCA. It is a charity with both a rich history and a vitally important future. Society of Antiquities On Thursday, February the 3rd, Ms Louise Nixon delivered an online screen talk to the antiquaries with the title Every Contact Leaves a Trace. Louise is West Coast of Scotland's Scene Crime Team Manager with the Scottish Police Authority as well as being a member of the Society and its committee. She has a degree in photography and, after working for a film company for a few years, joined the police in 1995 as a Scene of Crime Officer, SOCO. She has worked in forensics ever since and is based at the Gartkosh campus. 
Louise explained that forensics is a massive field covering any factual evidence that is presented in court. The first person to develop the field of forensics was Alphonse Bertillon in the 19th century. He came up with a standard set of measurements to be taken of bodies and regularised the use of photography. Forensics was further developed by Dr Edmund Lucard, who opened the first forensic laboratory in 1910 in Lyon, France. Lucard came up with the principle of exchange, from which the title of the talk, Every Contact Leaves a Trace, is derived. The field has expanded greatly since then, with modern science enabling traces to be obtained from a wide range of materials. Louise has been involved in forensic evidence for a wide range of cases, including murders, terrorist incidents and accidents such as train, car and plane crashes. The talk was greatly appreciated by an audience of over 30, the largest so far for our online meetings, and the talk was followed by a lively question and answer section. Mental health. It's time to talk about mental health. See me volunteer Tommy Kelly. Workplaces, schools and community groups across Mithlodian joined the UK's biggest conversation on mental health on Thursday, February the 3rd as part of Time to Talk Day. Time to Talk Day, which trended at number one in Scotland on social media, is the day that friends, families, communities and workplaces come together to talk, listen and exchange change lives. And research has shown that, two years into the coronavirus pandemic, these conversations are important. Just over one in four Scots surveyed who have experienced a worsening of their mental health for the first time during the pandemic have yet to have a conversation about it, according to a new poll conducted as part of Time to Talk Day. This year's Time to Talk Day saw a range of activities and events take place across Midlothian, with workplaces, schools, community groups, Sports clubs, friends and family doing their bit for mental health, with a focus on not just talking, but listening to. See Me Volunteer spokesperson Angela McCrimmon says that opening up about her mental health has had an important impact on her life. Angela, who has a diagnosis of bipolar disorder, said, A lot of my recovery and freedom came when I started to open up and be honest and realised that there is no shame in living with a mental illness. It's part of who I am. My advice when it comes to talking about your mental health is not to be afraid of being honest. We need everyone to remove, help to remove the shame and stigma, so tell your story without fear of what others may think. Fellow volunteer spokesperson Tommy Kelly understands the power of conversation after he started to struggle with an eating disorder following the death of his mother. Opening up to his father was a milestone in his recovery. Walking charity Pass for All arranged health walks across the country to get participants chatting about their mental health in the open air, while the Scottish Recovery Consortium hosted an online drop-in and in chat session for people to talk, share and listen to others' experience and tips for managing mental health. Find out how you can tackle mental health stigma beyond Time to Talk Day at seemescotland.org slash seeus. General Careers in tech. Every primary and secondary school will receive support to refresh computing science for pupils. By, by up to £1.3 million from the Scottish Government, 
Secondary schools can bid for grants of up to £3,000 to purchase additional computing and science equipment, devices, software or teaching resources. Every school will also receive two Class sets pocket-side computers that introduce pupils to how software and hardware work together. In August 2020, Mark Logan, Chair of the Independent Scottish Technology Ecosystem Review, recommended increased investment to improve computing science and provision in schools. Mr Logan said, It's vital to the future supply of talent into Scotland's tech sector that computing science at school level is elevated to the same level of importance as other STEM subjects. The additional funding for computer science announced by the Scottish Government and the formation of STACS, STACS, which makes teachers major participants in advancing the subjects in Scotland, are key building blocks in the way to that goal. Education Secretary Shirley Ann Somerville added, It is essential that we have as many talented young people leaving schools with, the, leaving schools with the skills technolo- Scotland's technology sector and wider economy fundamentally depend upon. This investment aims to refresh computing science lessons for learners, equipping them with the skills they need for careers in tech. Outdoor funding Outdoor education centres facing financial challenges as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic can apply this month to a new £2 million fund. Available for private sector and third sector centres, the support will help with running costs and enable staff to deliver more outdoor learning for schools. The funding brings the Scottish Government's support for the sector during the pandemic to £4.5 million, Minister for Children and Young People Claire Hawhey said. For many organisations that provide residential outdoor education, the pandemic has caused significant challenges and it's been a really hard time for them. The experiences provided by these centres are vitally important for our children and young people. This additional £2 million will help outdoor education centres through what we hope will be the final phase of this pandemic. It will mean more opportunities for children and young people to get the engaging, enriching and exciting outdoor education experiences they deserve. Space entrepreneurs. Young people have the chance to receive a share of £50,000 and expert advice for their ideas on how satellites could improve life on Earth in a competition run by the UK Space Agency. The competition is now in its fifth year, with previous winning ideas including drones carrying medical supplies, a pin badge to monitor air pollution and an app to track abandoned shopping trolleys. Satellites support the economy and everyday life and this competition gives people aged 11 to 22 the chance to test their ideas with space experts and perhaps one day become part of one of the UK's fastest growing industries which already employs 45,000 people. British European Space Agency, ESA, astronaut Tim Peake, who was part of a mission to the International Space Station, said Satellites are playing a huge role in our daily lives from monitoring climate change to watching television and I know that young people will have some fantastic ideas for the new ways they can improve our lives. I can't wait to see what they come up with. The possibilities are endless. There is a total of £50,000 prize money up for grabs which will be shared across three age groups 11 to 14, 15 to 18 and 19 to 22. All winners will go on to pitch their idea to a panel of dragons at the Harwell Space Cluster in June for the chance to win further prizes. Previous prizes have included further funding, patent advice 
and invitations to discuss job opportunities, as well as introductions to the other relevant experts for further help. For any further information and for more details on how to enter, please visit the website at www.gov.uk slash government slash publications slash satellite competition 2022 how to enter and other resources. The competition will close on Thursday, March the 17th. And that was this week's district news from the Kirk and Tillich Herald. From the Kirkintilloch Herald, recorded on the 8th of February 2022. Eastern Barnetshire's pupils are class act for safety on the net. Eastern Barnetshire Child Protection Committee and Youth Services have been raising awareness of safety online in the lead up to Safer Internet Day this week. This is an article from the newsroom. The UK Safer Internet Centre promotes Safer Internet Day in February each year and this year's theme is all fun and games exploring respect and relationships online. This is only one of the many themes covered in the Young Scots Did You Know Champions Award which Eastern Barnetshire Youth Services has launched to coincide with the annual Awareness Day. Every secondary school in Eastern Barnetshire now has a full-time youth development worker and the team is delivering this award in each school to support young people to become more cyber resilient and to learn how to protect themselves and their devices. It also helps them understand the role of data and information in relation to technology use and the positive and negative impacts of technology use on their well-being. The award also sits on the Scottish Credit and Qualifications Framework at Level 4, with four credit points attached. Aidan, a sixth-year pupil, said, I'm really looking forward to working towards the Digi Award, learning how to get the most out of the internet whilst protecting my personal data and information. I'm aware that spending too much time in social media can have a negative impact on physical and mental health. I believe that the Digi Award will be valuable for every pupil to develop internet safety awareness and cyber resilience. Joint Council leaders Andrew Polson and Vaughan Moody attended the launch of the award at St Ninian's High School in Kirkintilloch. Eastern Barnetshire Police Community Inspector Alan Ferris said if anyone is wondering, worried about online abuse or the way that someone is communicating online, it can be reported through the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Command website or by contacting Police Scotland on 101 or 999 in an emergency. The CEOP website also provides some excellent online resources for specific target audiences, including young people themselves. I would urge them, parents and teachers, to visit https colon forward slash forward slash www.thinkyouknow.co.uk That's T-H-I-N-K-U N-O-W. From the Bishop Bishopraise Kirkintilloch Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022. Food for thought. Local people are being invited to vote for their favourite baker in the Scottish Baker of the Year Awards 2022-23. Scottish Baker's President Linda Hill said, We are delighted to give the public a say with our Customer Choice Awards. It's a great opportunity for members to reach out to their customers and communities and get people buzzing about Great traditional Scottish baking. 
Alistair Smith of Scottish Bakers, who organised the competition, added we are also inviting bakers to enter up to 10 products of their choosing for rigorous testing. Voting is open now and forms are available at local stores. They must be sent in by April the 6th. Winners will be announced in May. For more information, visit www.bakeroftheyear.scot or pick up a voting form at your local store. From the Bishopraise Kirkendallic Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022. Groups urged to apply for grants. Local groups across Eastern Bartonshire can apply for vital funding as the latest round of the Community Grant Scheme has now launched. The 45k fund allows groups working in communities to apply for up to £3,000 in order to make a positive impact in the lives of residents in Eastern Bartonshire. The application process for the Community Grant Scheme is now online with a closing date of Friday, February 25th. Funding is available to organisations that have a constitution and a bank account, are not-for-profit, aim to bring benefits to the residents of Eastern Bartonshire, contribute to the priorities of the Local Outcomes Improvement Plan and help tackle inequalities. Commenting on the initiative, Bearsden Councillor Vaughan Moody, joint leader of the council, said the Community Grant Scheme has allowed hundreds of local groups to make a real difference in their local communities. This important funding initiative is used to support activities and projects throughout Eastern Bartonshire and we encourage groups and organisations to apply to the scheme so they can continue their wonderful work. Kirkintillich and Kilsyth Amateur Swimming Club is just one of many groups who have benefited from a grant. They received £2,500 in 2020 to support their joint project with the University of Strathclyde and Sport Scotland. To apply, you should contact community.grants at easternbarton.gov.uk. That's C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y dot G-R-A-N-T-S at E-A-S-T-D-U-N-B-A-R-T-O-N dot G-O-V dot U-K. From the Bishop Race Curtain Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022. Helping Jobless. More than 200 parents have been supported by an initiative to increase employment and address poverty run by North Lanarkshire Council. The council received £814,000 from the Scottish Government's Parental Employability Support Fund last year. This has gone to help unemployed parents find work and support those in work to secure better paid jobs, increasing their family income. A total of 203 people registered with prospects for parents, including lone parents, disabled parents or parents with a disabled child, parents with three or more children or a child under the age of one, parents aged under 25 and parents from an ethnic minority. They received personalised support to address barriers to work such as childcare, travel and lack of qualifications or experience. From the Kirk and Tullock Herald, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022 from the opinion section Let's talk No evidence of toxic waste to be found? Well it's there alright Sir Thanks for highlighting the problem of the dumping of waste in Birdston January 26th It is reassuring to learn that steps will be taken to restore the popular footpath that has been bought by the dumped waste Less reassuring are the comments from Anne Davy regarding the nature of the waste that's been dumped? Those of us who live in Burston have seen hundreds of lorries visiting the site over the past 18 months, 
carrying out widely varying loads of waste. Local residents have provided evidence of toxic materials in that waste. After months of failing to visit the site, representatives from SEPA and Eastern Bartonshire Council EDC, finally visited on January the 21st. That they could see no evidence of unapproved materials is hardly surprising since they are buried under tons of earth and no effort was made to look for them because the site was too wet. A further concern of this dumping is the impact on the drainage of the River Kelvin floodplain. Land to the north of the dump is now apparently underwater, making it an important track impassable. Running alongside the dump site is a burn that is essential for drainage. This burn now contains runoff slurry from the dumped waste. Blockage of this burn would exacerbate flooding in the area, including further closures of the road between Kirk and Tillich and Milton of Campsie. There have been no comment from either SEPA or EDC on the impact of the dumping on our drainages in our area. Yours etc. Graham Beatsall, Bertson. They could not run a simple raffle. Sir, I really don't know why people were so surprised at Matt Hancock's dalliance outside of the marriage bedroom. It's not as if he's the first politician to do so. When you consider some of the previous ministers we've had, for instance, John Profumo, Secretary of State for War in the 1960s, Kristen Keeler slash Mandy Reese davies In more recent decades, Edwina Curry admitted a previous affair with John Major before he became Prime Minister. And so it goes on and on. I fear the only way to discourage our bad behaviour by our lords and masters is by heavier penalties brought on by their high positions. We have a right to expect the behaviour of a model citizen from those who would lead us. Look, look at the track record of Boris. He was accused of Islamophobia and racism by several MPs after he wrote a satirical piece in a national newspaper, but he wasn't put off or held back in his career, and as PM is still helping friends to get contracts. And so we come to the latest revelations from the party house, number 10, as highlighted again and again on a daily basis in the media. We now have the Metropolitan Police admitting they've received 300 photographs as part of their investigations. But how will we ever know the truth of it all is with this force carrying out the probe. I ask again, why are we all so surprised by the current goings on? It sounds very much like business as usual. None of the current Tory government are fit to run a raffle, never mind a country. Yours etc. Ian Rankin via email. PM's acolytes defending indefensible. Sir, last week in the heavily redacted Sugary report into the recent Downing Street shenanigans was debated in the Commons, Ian Blackford MP asserted that Boris Johnson had misled Parliament. This phrase, in Westminster terms, is the equivalent of calling Boris Johnson a liar. As a consequence, Blackford left the chamber before he was suspended and forcibly removed from it. So have the farcical situation that an MP who calls another MP a liar is suspended from the House, while the MP who has allegedly lied is permitted to re remain, because whatever the truth of the matter, and I think we all have a shrewd idea about that, one MP simply cannot impugn the integrity of another. We then had the ridiculous spectacle of various ministers showing up on radio and TV to defend the indefensible. And various Johnson acolytes stood up in Parliament to proclaim what a fantastic job the PM was doing. When will people realise Johnson and his disciples do not care a whit about them? All they care about is hanging on to power.
yours etc. David Howdle, address supplied. And that was this week's Let's Talk section. The Kirk and Tulk Herald, Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Mary Mark's 100th year. A sprightly centurion has been honoured at a special celebration to mark her 100th birthday. Grand old lady Mary McClellan was the guest of honour at the presentation in Kemure Parish Church in Bishop Briggs. Family, friends, members of the congregation, along with Eastern Bartonshire Provost Gary Pews, attended. Though born in Glasgow, Mary has spent most of her life in Bishop Briggs, and despite her advancing years, she still makes a point of regularly attending the church. Eric Forrester from the church said, During the Second World War, Mary went to work in a factory, making parts for aeroplanes, and that was where she met her future husband, Charles. Quote, After the war, Charles's work took the family to Spain and the Pacific Islands, where Mary set up Sunday school classes for the local children. Quote, Mary is mother to two daughters, who gave her five grandsons and five great-grandchildren. When people ask her what her secret has been to live a hundred years old, her answer has always been to have a good outlook on life and faith. Provost Gary Pews added, quote, It is always an honour to be part of the celebration when one of our residents reaches their 100th birthday. Mary is a very special lady, and it was a pleasure to share in her big day. Mary is one of a number of centenarians who have celebrated their 100th birthday in the area over the past couple of years. They included World War II veteran Bill Best from Milton of Campsie, who was the toast of the local bowling club. During his time in the Royal Army Medical Corps, Bill rescued injured comrades from the field of battle and in later years became a charge nurse. His life was dedicated to helping people. Another who reached the big 100th birthday mark was football daft great-great-gran Elsie Campbell from Kirk and Talk. Instead of a telegram from the Queen, Elsie pinned her hopes on a birthday message from Celtic FC manager at the time, Neil Lennon. He obligated, gifting her a signed Hoops shirt. That is from the Kirk and Tilk Herald on Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. From the Kirk and Tilk Bishop Briggs Herald, recorded on the 8th of February 2022. MP honours retiring head of Eastern Bartonshire Voluntary Action. The head of a voluntary support group who provided vital aid to local residents throughout the COVID pandemic has been honoured as he steps down from his role. An article by Liz Gallagher. Alex Meikle retired recently from his post as, as head of Eastern Bartonshire Voluntary Action, EDVA. Eastern Bartonshire MP Amy Callaghan has celebrated Mr Meikle's outstanding service to the community, presenting him with a copy of a parliamentary motion recognising his work as Chief Officer of Eastern Bartonshire Voluntary Action. Mr Meikle recently announced his retirement from the post after three and a half years, during which time he was instrumental in ensuring those in need received the necessary support. Ms Callaghan has recognised those efforts in an early day motion, noting Mr Meikle's professionalism and commending his leadership, particularly during the recent challenges posed by the pandemic. 
Eastern Bancher Voluntary Action recently announced that Anne Innes, the current CEO of Cumbernauld Action on Care of the Elderly, CACE, will replace Mr Meikle early this year. Mr. Miss Callahan said there was a phenomenal local response to the pandemic. Lots of people volunteered to help and it needed the steady leadership and support of Alex and his team at Eastern Bancher Voluntary Action to convert that goodwill into tangible support. Alex deserves a huge amount of credit for that work, as well as his tireless efforts supporting a wide range of charities over the years. I'm sure he will be sorely missed by his colleagues and the wider third sector in Eastern Barnshire. I wish Alex all the very best of the future and I hope he enjoys a well-earned retirement. Edva recently appointed a new Youth Development Officer. Mandy Given's role will include working with young people aged 16 to 24 to engage them through the Youth Guarantee Scheme. The provides the opportunity to bring together employers, partners and young people. The aims are to connect every young person 16 to 24 with an opportunity to an apprenticeship, further or higher education, training programme or volunteering. From the Bishop Race Curtain-Tolic Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022. MPs' costs down from last year. Cumbernauld, Colsaith and Kirkintolloch East MP Stuart MacDonald cost the taxpayer around £192,000 last year, new figures reveal. Figures from the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority show the Scottish National Party MP's total business costs for the 2020-2021 financial year were £191,768.73. The MP's costs were down from £213,467.69 the year before, and below the average for all Members of Parliament of £203,880. By comparison, Darren Henry, a Conservative MP for Broxtow in England, had costs of £280,900. Stuart MacDonald, who was elected in May 2015, spent £166,200 in office running costs in 2020-21, including £152,700 in staff wages and £13,500 on other office expenditures. And he spent all of his accommodation budget, £23,000, and a further £2,600 on travel and subsistence. The total costs of MPs last year rose by 4%, £232.5 million, with almost £300,000 going on hotel claims for just 49 members. Business costs are the essential costs incurred by MPs while carrying out the parliamentary duties, including staffing, office costs and travel. MPs cannot claim for personal costs such as food and drink during their normal working day and all claims must be compliant with IPSA rules and accompanied by evidence. The local MPs' five largest types of costs were payroll costing £141,557.77, rent £27,564.70, Pulled staffing services, £11,100. Work from home allowance, £2,812.58. And rail, £1,765.10. From the Bishop Race Kirkintilloch Herald, recorded on the 9th of February 2022. Jocelyn Garden's development at Bishop Briggs is the picture above the headline New Flats Released. 
a home builder has released a new phase of apartments at its Bishopbriggs development as a result of popular demand. Calla Homes West released the first phase of the Huntley Apartments at Jocelyn Gardens late last year. More apartments will be available to be reserved this week and will include a mix of one and two bedroom apartments in a variety of styles to suit a range of prospective purchasers. Jocelyn Gardens, just off Pamildi Road in Bishopbriggs, is set on the banks of the Forth and Clyde Canal, within six acres of green space. Liana Canavan of Callow Homes West said, Bishopbriggs continues to prove incredibly popular for those looking to settle down in eastern Barnetshire. Prices start from £179,995 for a one-bedroom and £244,995 for a two-bedroom apartment. From the Bishop Ray's Curtainolic Herald, read on the 9th of February 2022. Planning Notices Eastern Barnetshire Council Public Notices Planning Applications TP forward slash ED forward slash 21 forward slash 1128 Factory Balmore Road, Balmore, Eastern Barnetshire, G64 4AF New concrete hard standing area and associated drainage. Neighbour notification, 21 days. The application plans and other documents can be viewed online through the Council's website. The current restrictions on non-essential office work associated with the coronavirus pandemic means that plans cannot be viewed in Council offices as normal. Written comments may be made with the above period to the Council through the Council's website or to the above address. Any representations will be treated as public documents and made available for inspection by interested parties and may also be published on the Council's website. From the Kirk and Hill Herald, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022, from the sports section, Lynn Given Scotland Call by Ian McLean. Kirk and Olympians athlete Lynn Allen has been picked to represent Scotland at an international ultra-running event later this year. She will be part of a nine-member Scottish team taking part in the 100km Anglo-Celtic Plate event in the Northinch Park in Perth on Sunday, April the 3rd. It's the second time the 36-year-old residential care worker, who lives in Cosyth, has been called up to the event, which features 42 circuits of a 2.381km loop. She also ran the event in 2019, that was the first time I'd run for Scotland, and I was quite pleased with my time, she said. Of the women who took part, I was fourth, and did it in eight hours and thirty minutes. It's such an honour to be asked to run for your country. I really wanted to do it again if I was asked, so I jumped at the chance. Lynn has been running ultra events for around eight years, having graduated from the more conventional marathon distance. She explained, I was running marathons and I was only looking at races, and I saw one in Aberdeen, the D33, which basically goes all in the old railway line and you do 17 miles out and 17 miles back. The cost was £9 and I thought, I'm paying £50 for these marathons. I love running and I'm getting my more mileage for my money. That was in 2014 and I just fell in love with the community. It's really inclusive, everyone's welcomed into it and because it's a small community, especially in Scotland, I just felt so welcomed. It just went from there. Someone told me people run the West Highland Way 100 miles. You don't think that's possible? 
I thought it was someone that did. I thought someone that did that was superhuman. But when you get talking to them, they're just normal people doing what they enjoy. Lynn says altered ones do require a different type of training at times, and a greater mental focus can also be required to cope with longer distances. She said, "Training is a lot of time in my, f- lot of time on feet. It's less pace focused." You're going to be walking parts, especially when you're feeling taking on nutrition. I tend to put in some harder sessions, but mostly it's getting the mental toughness to be able to keep on going when you're tired and starting to get sore. Peace by Ian McLean. Lifetime best for Emma at Emirates. Lindsay's Emma Canning continued her fine start to 2022 with a personal best leap in last weekend's DNA Athletics event in the Emirates Arena. In the end of the event, which saw Scotland take on teams from England, Ireland, Wales, Spain and Portugal, Canning was up against England's Charlotte Jones in the 5th 6th place playoff after the initial round of jumps. And the leap of 5.97 metres was enough to beat her English rival and earn the team an extra 2 points, as well as setting a new personal best. It was the third weekend in a row that the 24-year-old Lindsay athlete has enjoyed success at the arena. The previous weekend, she won the national pentathlon title and, the weekend before that, took the long jump crown, her first national title. Another Lindsay athlete, Scott Connell, was also in the Scotland team for the DNA and caught 8.24 seconds in the 60 metres hurdles in what was the 21-year-old's first race of the year. Glenn's got green light to go up. Rugby side Alan Glenn's got a boost to their promotion hopes last week without even playing. Glenn's have a 100% record in this season's tournament's West Division 1 and now know they'll be eligible for promotion should they win the title. Scottish Rugby announced last week that the requirement for 65% of fixtures to be completed across all leagues to ensure promotion and relegation will apply has now been met. Glens are third in the table, a point behind Stewarty and three behind Garnock, but with games in hand. There were no games last week because of the Calcutta Cup match. This Saturday, Glens are at home to Irvine, while in the same division, Lindsay hosts Strathendrick. Water polo girls are Scottish champions. A long wait for return to competitive action proved worthwhile for the members of Kirkintilla and Kosaith Amateur Swimming Club's water polo team. The club has been hit more than most by the restrictions placed on it by the COVID-19 pandemic. But the KKASC's under-15 girls have made a real splash in their first back in their first backing competition in a big way by winning the Scottish National Water Polo League title for the first time. The young team had two games against Warrender of Edinburgh and a combined team from Dunfermline and Menzie Hill from Dundee. In the first game against Warrender, the girls' water polo pills and swimming ability shone through as they easily won 18-4. But with Dunfermline slash Men's Hill also beating Warrender, the final game of the weekend would be the decisive in determining who would win the title. In a close match throughout, KKASC took a narrow 3-2 lead after the first quarter. But Dunfermline slash Men's Hill took the second quarter 4-3 to even up the match at 7-7 at half-time, with both teams having a strong third quarter, which was shared 4-4, it was all to play for in the final quarter. But, 
Throughout the match, KKSC had been growing in confidence and their passing play was improving as the game went on. With one quarter to play, their fitness was going to be a big factor and they finished very strongly, scoring five goals and only conceding two to win the game 15-12 and take the league title. Delighted head coach Alan Scobie is hoping that the girls' success can inspire more to take up the sport. He said, Water polo is a fun game for boys and girls of all ages, great for fitness, making new friends and is fun for everyone. KKASC is currently recruiting for the next season's league and are looking for swimmers from swimming lessons, swimming clubs or former swimmers who wish to give water polo a go. They are looking for those with a birth, year of birth of 2008, 2009, 2010 and all ages under 18 years old are also welcome to try water polo. For more details, visit www.kandkswim.club or email kkasccdc at gmail.com. Rob Roy battled back for victory at Cumnock. Kirkenthal's Rob Roy boosted their hopes of beating the drop from the WOSPFL Premier with a 2-1 win at Cumnock on Saturday. Stuart Maxwell's side had to come from behind to secure the win, which keeps them above the 17 drop zone and also moves them to within two points of Cumnock, the side immediately above them in the table, with three games in hand. Rob Roy fell behind in the 18th minute when Jordan Moores got clear of the visitors' backline to slide the ball past the advancing keeper Christopher Smith. But Craig Truesdale brought Rob Roy level from 10 minutes from half time with a 30-yard pile driver which flew beyond the reach of Cumnock keeper Kieran Hughes. The winner came in 72 minutes when Dean Cairns chip pass forward found Robbie Layton who cut inside a defender before beating Hughes with an excellent curling strike. Rothschild remained some distance from safety but picked up a point from a 1-1 draw at home to fellow strugglers Kilburnie Laidside. But they missed the chance to take all three when a last-minute Mickey McWilliams penalty was brilliantly saved by Joe Wilton. Real's goal came from Johnny Kavanagh, whose 73rd-minute effort cancelled out Dylan Henry's 7th-minute opener. The draw for the second round of the Kilmarnock Pie WOSFL Cup has given Rabs a home time with Lanark United, currently bottom of the Conference C table. Rossville have been drawn away to another Conference seaside, Kilsyth Rangers. The ties are due to be played on Saturday, February the 19th. United still in cup, but here's out. Bishop Brookside West Park United are through to the quarter-finals of the Scottish Amateur Cup. United took their place in the last eight by beating Casimalt Dino with 5-4 in penalties after the side's six-round encounter at Hunters Hill on Saturday ended in a 2-2 draw. But former winners Kurt Hairstains Hopes of a fourth club triumph are over after they were beaten 4-1 at home by Fallen on the Astro at Merkland. The damage was done in the first half as a combination of individual errors and clinical finishing gave the visitors from Stirling a 3-0 lead at the break. A better second half gave Hares hope but Fallon weathered the storm before a fourth goal finished them off. And that was reports taken from the Kirkintilla Herald Sports Section, Wednesday the 9th of February 2022. Q and Review, print speaking to the blind. Find us on Amazon Alexa 
online player or mobile phone app. You're never far from your daily talking newspaper. We're on www.qandreview.com slash free podcasts or give us a call on 0141 772 3976. You can email us at information at qandreview.com. Listen daily to The Herald Scotland, Glasgow Times News and Sport and The National. All this can be found at www.qandreview.com slash free podcasts or by calling 0141 772 3976. You can also email us at information at qandreview.com.